I'm so blessed to be able to go um, through July of next year on sabbatical. And um, <laughs> it's gonna, if I just weave it in, right? Um, no, because I love what I do. I'm so, I'm incredibly blessed to be able to, to pastor this church and, and to be a part of the ministry here and to preach the gospel. Even today, it's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that, that when you read it, no pastor goes, I can't wait to preach that. Um, but I know I get to preach the entire word of God here without fail. And I thank you for that gift and that blessing. Um, I, I certainly have battles that I have to fight uh, leading this ministry, but they're not the battles that a lot of people have to fight. Um, they're not battles within. There are battles out there so that we can represent the light of the world. His name is Jesus. Um, so I wanna say thank you for that gift that you give to me to better lead this ministry. Because today's passage, 1 Corinthians 11, again, I, I don't know if you just go ahead and turn there with this series or store, 1 Corinthians 11. Um, I don't know if it's the passage that anybody looks at and says, I can't wait to talk about this. Why? Because it's head coverings and the role of men and women. Right? Everybody's like, let's go. Like, when I said head coverings, you guys got excited. I could tell you guys were like, yeah, bring on the food trucks. Let's go. Um, and it's not, I don't think it's going to rain tonight. Don't worry about that. But if it does, we'll go from worship on the lawn to worship on the concrete. So it's, it's all good. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 through 16, we're going to jump into this. And it's also a fun passage because I get to preach the word of God. I'm going to stir up the hornet's nest. And then I'm out for a month. I'm going to let the elders deal with all of it. Um, so that's good for me as well. But here, what he does, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he begins with this, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, uh, they, I said it last week, often chapters, verses added later on um, to help people find it. Not saying they got anything wrong in terms of, but I'm gonna say they got this one wrong. This should be the end of chapter 10. Um, I don't think it should be the beginning of chapter 11, but that doesn't really matter because, again, these are added later on just to help us out. About 350 years later, by the way, um, Council of Nicaea. So that's the way that that works. He jumps in. He's just like, imitate Christ. He's like, imitate me just as I'm trying to imitate Jesus. It's, it's that simple. It does force a lot of questions. Hey, are we worth imitating? Are we worth following? Those types of things. But Paul knew that he followed Jesus. And so he doesn't, he doesn't hesitate to tell the young Christians to imitate his walk. Not to go, hey, just we're just trying to be like Paul. But he's going, hey, I know I'm trying to represent Christ. As long as I'm trying to represent Christ in the way that I speak, in the way I act, in, in the way that I conduct myself with kindness and gentleness. As long as I'm doing that, try to imitate me because I'm trying to imitate what? Jesus. That's what I'm trying to do. And so he calls this out. He even told his young associate, right? He's got this guy at one point by the name of Timothy. And this is in 1 Timothy 4.12. We know this passage, some of us very, very well. But he's telling his young friend Timothy, who he is mentoring and he's shepherding and, and counseling and helping, right? He says, listen, be an example to the believers in word. So that means you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are, again, I know the majority of people who come to church are, not all, but some, the majority, be an example. So if you believe in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're now, whether you like it or not, you're raising your hand. One more time, everybody raise your hand if you're a believer in Jesus. So what you're doing is you're saying, I'm choosing to be an example to everybody else in word, the way you speak, the way you act in your conduct. I'm choosing to be an example in the way that I love other people. 
right? In spirit and in faith and in purity and the ways that I choose to live life, knowing that simply because something is permissible doesn't mean that it's beneficial. I keep saying that because we don't like those kind of passages because that means we automatically are saying that, hey, I'm allowed to do something, but I'm choosing not to because I don't believe it's God's best. We don't like that. We just want to do what we want to do. And so we know that we get to be an example. And so then you have to ask yourself, are you okay with the example? Ooh, big, this is a big question. Are you okay with the example that you're setting for others when it comes to following Jesus? Are you looking at other people going, you know what? I think they should follow me. The way that I'm choosing to live my life, the way that I'm choosing to spend my resources, the way that I'm choosing to care for the people in my family, the way that I'm choosing to be a friend, the way that I'm choosing to serve the bride of Christ, that's worth following. I mean, is that something that you can say right now? And so he starts with this. And then he jumps in. Because verse 1, let's go ahead and admit it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, that's the easy part. Because now we jump into some topics in the world today that are pretty controversial. I'm, I'm actually, let me substitute the word controversial to confusing. But we know that we have the responsibility. I have the personal responsibility. I don't add to scripture. I don't what? Don't take away from scripture. We preach the entire thing with grace and love. And as I dive into verses two through six, this is something you have to recognize. I want to set the right foundation first. Okay, because if, you, if we're all coming from that foundation, then you're able to open your mind and your ears differently. Here it comes. Men and women are equal before God. Period, exclamation point, doesn't matter. Have a good day. <laughs> Men and women are equal before God. All of us are one in Christ. What we must understand, though, is that there are according to scripture, different roles and responsibilities of men and women. And that's already where we get confused. Wait, I thought you said we were equal. We are equal. You will never tell me, you'll never look at me, look at my wife and go, hey, honey, you're not equal with me. That would be a bad life for Joel. Amen. Not because of her, just like, no, we're all equal before God. We know that. But yet we have different roles and responsibilities. And that's where we struggle because we have not. If, if I give you one word to summarize 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to give you the one word. One word. You ready? Write this down. Write it on your arm. Write it on your neck. Write it on someone's forehead. Whatever you got to do. I don't care. Here's the word. Ready? Authority. Authority. What's the word? Authority. That's the word. Because we do have different roles and responsibilities, but the society, society today says, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. Actually, as a believer, that's not true. And actually, even when it comes to science, it's not true. Even if you look at it that way, right? We, we think of all that's taking place. And I, I, I often, I, as a pastor of a ministry, I feel like that I have the responsibility to look downstream. Hopefully you know what that means. Like we got a lot of times we're trying to treat symptoms and when there's other bigger issues at play, 
Our confusion about roles, our confusion about responsibilities is what has led to everything that we're dealing with in the society today. I'll give you a good example. Right now there's a lot of tension. And if you do your homework and research, you can't just watch any, I don't care what news channel it is actually. It does not matter which one. You can't trust one news channel. It's just a reality. We all know this. Again, it doesn't matter which one. You can go CBS, you can go CNN, you can go Fox, you can go any of them. It doesn't matter. And so you have to really do your homework to find out what's going on out there. Um, maybe you've heard about what's happening at the University of Pennsylvania, right, with what happened with their swimming team. There was a guy who decided, hey, they were a swimmer. They decided they wanted to be a woman. And so now that guy got on the swim team there um, and won the NCAA championship. And all the women athletes who are there were told that if you speak, it's in email, that then all of a sudden they're going to regret it um, because they have an agenda literally in the email. So they're pushing out this agenda. And now all these women are upset because they're going, wait a second, I've worked 50 hours a week to accomplish something. And now because somebody wants to be a woman when they are a man, I just lost the NCAA championship. They literally tied for it. And so now there's this big ruckus over what's taking place. Why? Because we have, the reason that's so controversial, friends, we have different roles and responsibilities. It's funny, there's an activist who called out Serena Williams and says, we're no different and said, Serena Williams can beat any man there is in tennis. Serena Williams then got on an interview and says, no, I can't. You can put me verse number 300 in the world men and they're gonna beat me 6060 in about four and a half minutes. Literally her words. Because we're made different. We are. Body part wise and everything else, we are literally made different. God made us different. But having different roles and responsibilities does not make anyone inferior. And we struggle with that. Part of the reason we struggle with that is because, and, and notice I'm just going, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I prayed so hard about today. I'm not gonna go to a soapbox or anything else. What I'm trying to do is go, this is what it goes to. This is what it leads to. This is why it's so important. Scripture even says we, we have different roles in the home and we have different roles in the, in the church. It doesn't talk about that anywhere else in terms of corporations or I don't, I don't care who the CEO is or whatever. I don't care who the president is. I mean, I care, but hopefully you understand what I mean by that. And so I go, wait a second, it's in the home and it's in the church. So why is it so important? Because it determines who and if you have surrendered authority to. And so here we start recognizing that all that's happening in our society is downstream of the fact that we don't recognize that we have different roles and it all begins at the very beginning. As soon as you go, oh wait, God didn't structure marriage in a particular way. And so now you sacrifice roles. All of that has led to now, listen, because we don't understand it and because we elevate and celebrate some things, we now tear down other things. You know what we need to start celebrating? We need to start celebrating motherhood again. We need to start celebrating what it is to be a father again. But because we don't value those roles equally with other things like, oh, I can do anything I want sporting-wise or anything else, we have a decaying of our environment and of our society. And so now, because we all want to share in every single role, you, listen, it's all one step downstream of the other. Because now we question what marriage is, because we question what you can be in terms of man or woman, all these things. Now men should be able to have babies. 
I knew that was coming a long time ago. As soon as you started jeopardizing other things and bringing those into question, it's just all downstream. Because we haven't surrendered what? Authority. The other day, some teachers were sitting together. And I was like, hey, what do you guys do? They're like, hey, we're teachers. And they're like, yeah, it's so great. This is summertime. I was like, one, that tells me you dread the rest of your life. <laughs> they are so excited. It's summertime. Like, whoa, no kids. And they had party hats on and they're like streamers everywhere, just walking around the store. That's just all they were doing. And I'm like, okay. So I asked him, I was like, I got to ask you a question because of what I'm preaching on uh, coming up pretty soon with authority and all this stuff. Do you think, because some of you have been uh, teaching for like 20 years, 25 years, can can I ask you a question? Do students respect you and give more authority to you today or did they then? And they're like, oh, it's bad today. Like we've given up. What? I already knew it, but I had to go with it. Um, Teachers would tell you, they don't have the same authority given to them, the same respect. Police would tell you they don't have the same authority or the same respect, right? Poli- political leaders will tell you there's not the same authority. There's not the same respect. Parents would tell you, right? And listen, my kids, they're old. But even when they look at me, I'm like, hey, would you do such and such? And they go, yeah. I go, what? They go, yes, sir. Out of why? Respect, authority. But we've lost, do you reckon, does anybody agree that we've lost authority and respect in all those different avenues outside the church? It's all downstream of us jeopardizing and giving away God-given roles and responsibilities. You can't tell me what to do, right? We keep talking about that. That posturing of you can't tell me what to do is one of arrogance, it's one of ego, it's pompous, and it's saying I am my own authority and I'm certainly not going to surrender that to anyone else, including God. And so that's why in this chapter, he says this. He says, I commend you, and the scriptures are going to come up, and I'm going to walk through it as we go, okay? So I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. Now, right away, we know that Paul exercises the gift of sarcasm frequently. This is being sarcastic. He's already done it previously a couple of times in this letter. Even though it's 1 Corinthians, it's likely his second letter that they lost one because he mentions that previously. So here he is writing to this letter to to Corinth. And he says, I commend you because you're remembering everything and remaining and keeping the traditions as I've delivered them. And he knows they're not. That's why I read the last chapter or two. He's like, guys, I've been trying to teach you. Will you not learn the lesson? Wake up. And so now he's being sarcastic. He's like, I know you're keeping all the traditions, but we don't like to keep traditions. And so here he is, and he's kind of being a bit, not, I would say facetious is another way to speak of it. But the traditions that Paul was delivering was about the teachings and the practices of God. Yeah, he had one of his friends get circumcised and all, but he's like, listen, it's not about those keeping certain traditions. He's like, be circumcised or not circumcised. That's why he moved from not only reaching Jews to wanting to reach Gentiles. He's like, it's not about keeping all of your ancient traditions to make sure that you feel good. It's about surrendering authority to Jesus Christ, but you're not doing either. And he calls it out. And he says, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is what? And the head of a wife is her and the head of Christ is God. We don't like that, do we? 
Like, what? Right, right away, we're, because we're so selective in what we hear, because we all have a preference and agenda. We, uh, weddings, I often, let's, we can take that off, actually, John, if, that'd be great. Um, when, when I go to weddings, one of the passages you always see preach about is Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 says, wives, submit to your but you know, and, and we like to camp out right there. Like, oh, you can't tell me who to submit to. You can't. What well, do you know? Just three verses later, it says, "Husbands, die for your wives." I'd rather submit than die. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We're so incredibly selective because we have not surrendered authority. But I want to do what I want to do. And these are my emotions. These are my preferences. And these are my feelings. No, you've surrendered that as a believer in Jesus Christ. And for the world that surrendered all that. Listen, nobody would tell you that we have greater safety today. Nobody would tell you that we're in an environment in which people truly know that they can have normal conversation. There is none of it anymore. I try so hard. Hey, can we just have a normal conversation? Why are you yelling at me? I don't know why you're yelling at me. I just ask if you're having a good day. Right? That's what we live in today. Because we don't surrender authority to anyone. And so he calls it out. And you need to understand there is a rhythm and there is a pattern that I've created. That's what God has done. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. And what Paul is doing is he's setting Please hear this because this is for the church and this is for the family. He's setting a foundation for his teaching for the rest of the chapter. And what he's doing is he is establishing principles for order, authority, and accountability. He's establishing principles for order, authority, and accountability. For order, authority, and accountability. So that there's an order to things so that we can have the proper authority in things and that we can be accountable to those things. I'm not going to be accountable to you. Like right away, if that's your posturing, you haven't given authority to Christ. So every, every corporation has a structure. Why? Because without that structure, without somebody leading it, you ever try to be in an organization? Somebody asked me, they're like, hey, would you ever have a co-pastor of the church where you guys are the same? I'm like, not the same. No, like, no, no. But if I'm not clear, No. Because you can't, it doesn't work. There has to be an established organization. And then people come under that and they surrender authorities that they may have otherwise in order for the greater good. We don't think greater good anymore. We think good of self. And so he's establishing that for the church. And he's establishing that for the home as well. He's saying man came from Jesus Woman came from man and Jesus came from God. And then we have to then we have to choose if we want to have that same posturing and attitude. Even if you want to go to the passage, go to um, it's not in the notes, go to Genesis chapter five. Genesis chapter five, if you want to scribble that one down, it talks about, hey, I've created things through Adam. I took Adam and created woman. We don't like that. No, no, we're, we're the same. It doesn't say you're not equal, but we're different roles and responsibilities. You can't argue those things. And now that the world is arguing those things, we, we have greater, listen, there's a reason. Even as the society has accepted certain principles and certain ideas now, there's a reason the suicide rate for those who are transgender and everything else is four times higher. 
God did not make us that. There's a reason for it. And they go, well, it's because of the way the world treated them. Even those now, the rate, it does not change. Even if they grew up in an environment that is fully embracing that, it has not changed those numbers. Number one surgical procedure that's happening in Canada is transgender reversal, but you don't hear that. All of, I'm, I'm saying that because it's all downstream of questioning roles and responsibilities. There are deeper issues at play. Yes, we have a brokenness in the family that's creating a lot of hardship. We have fathers not being the fathers that they need to be. We have fathers who have sex with a woman, right? And then they walk out the door and they never have anything to do with the kids. We have so much brokenness and so much hostility because of the fall, because of, of, of us not surrendering to Christ, but surrendering to self. We recognize that. But God gave us a structure for a reason. And I think that part of what we have to understand, when we hear the word submit and authority, we really can get riled up. But friends, have you ever heard of the Trinity? What's the Trinity? Are they all equal? The answer is yes. What's the Trinity? You need to know this. So actually, a lot of people don't know this. You have the Trinity. Trinity is what? Are they all equal, one and the same? Jesus has always been. He just came in flesh 2,000 years ago. Remember, I say it all the time. And yet we know that Christ in Philippians chapter two, it said he didn't, he, even though he was equal, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. And so made himself a servant, humbling himself and becoming obedient even to death on the cross. So even though he is equal with God, read John 1, 1. It's a great one for you to write down. So even though he is equal with God, he knew that equality with God wasn't something to be grasped. And so he was willing to die. So he submitted, if you look at his last words, Father, into, on the cross, seven last words, Father, into your hands I commit my what? Spirit. And so I, even though he was equal with God, he was willing to submit to the will of the Father. Men and women both, even though we are equal together, we both have to choose to submit to the proper authority. Does it make you lesser than? No. Does it make you lesser than? That way you can't leave this place and say, Joel said I'm lesser than. Did not say that. You just even agreed to it. Everything is recorded here. Being under authority does not equal being inferior to. You have to understand this. But our society says, no way, that's not fair. That's not what it is. You've got to understand this. Again, I love that I get to preach this and then leave for a month. Have fun. So he's establishing. He's like, listen, this is what you have to understand. There is an order and a structure for a reason. Then he goes into dishonoring that head or uh, dishonoring her head. This is what it says. If we can go back to that scripture, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, it says, for every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonored, uh, with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. 
But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. So that takes us through verse six. And when we're looking at this, we know that Paul is setting this foundation, yes, for the rest of the chapter, but he's also letting them know, hey, guess what? Because there's an order of authority, it's inappropriate for men to pray under a head covering. And it's also inappropriate for women to pray without a head covering. And in ancient cultures, that was important to them, to whether or not you would have a head covering or whether you would not have a head covering. And to wear the head covering was a public symbol of being under authority. It was a public symbol of that. Now, some automatically go and they start saying, well, it's like Moses, he had to wear a veil. That was for a, to that was for a totally different thing. So don't confuse those two things. It's because the presence of God was too great for him to be a part of. And so he covered himself with the veil. The, and it says the glory of the Lord shone around him. So those are different. A lot of times people go, oh, head, somebody came in today. Oh, head covering. It's like Moses. I'm like, no, that's a totally different thing. But it was a matter of understanding that you are willing to submit yourself and to become under authority. And so this points to all of those friends. Our actions, what we are willing to surrender, they, they reveal the authority that we're under. So your conduct that I've already went to with First Timothy, your conduct, your speech, your actions, the way you approach conversations, it reveals the authority that you're under. I don't expect the world to be under that authority if they haven't submitted to Christ. But I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to a bunch of believers who said, you know what, we're gonna surrender to the authority of Jesus Christ. So as a result, we're willing to live according to his will, his design, his thoughts and not our own. And that's a really hard choice to make sometimes, especially if you have a, a, a continuing voice coming in from the outside. So he calls us out. Say, hey, if, if a woman refuses to demonstrate being under that authority, she might as well shave her head, which would have been in that society a huge disgrace. Throughout history, women traditionally have had longer hair, men have had shorter hair, and it even refers to some of those things. Am I already running out of time? Holy cow. Okay, um, when Nathan comes out, I'm like, uh-oh, um, you need to get to the Philippines. I gotta preach. All right. <laughs> You're gonna miss me, right? I am. You just keep saying the godly till your heart catches up. That's right. And then steps in and says, for a man ought not to cover his head since he's the image and the glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made for woman, but woman for man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. This is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head. It all goes to the same thing. And then it says in 11 and 12, I want to throw this up. It says, nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man nor man or of woman. That means we need each other. We need each other. So man is now born of woman and all things, all things are what? From God, including structure, including accountability. All things are from God. 
here in this passage, really, he's just going chronologically. He's using the order of creation to help us to understand that there's order for all of our life. And the order and manner of the order and manner of creation doesn't depend on culture. The culture should depend on God's creation and what he has designed. I know, friends, I know that our culture rejects the idea of any difference between man and woman, but there is a huge difference. But the chief cause of the rejection of male authority, we, we, hear me say, we need women to embrace their roles and to be willing to submit while we also need men to submit to Christ. The greatest cause of the rejection of the authorities that we have in our life today is because we have too few men willing to live under the leadership and the headship of Jesus. It's that simple. We need more men to actually lead their homes in a way that's worth following. We're talking about downstream of everything else. Be worth emulating. We need more men to pray over their families. Well, I've never prayed over my family before. Well, start praying. We need more men to say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to give to the kingdom of God. We're going to, you know what? We're going to spend Saturday instead of going to do this together like we always do. We're going to serve the bride of Christ. We're going to come pull weeds or we're going to go serve the school down the street and love them and care for them. And we're going to do all of this. We're going to serve together as Christ has served the church. We need more men worth emulating. We need more men to stop asking me to speak to their kids and you need to start speaking to your kids and opening the authority of the word of God and declaring to them the truth of scripture. We need more men worth emulating. Where are the men today? I should have preached this last week on Father's Day. Where are they? Where are the men worth emulating? Where are the men worth following? Where are the men that will declare the truth of Scripture and declare it regardless of what they do, who will stop compromising for the ways of the world and start digging in their feet into the purpose of Scripture to declare truth no matter what the world says? Where are the men today? That's the problem with a lot of this. And it's also, I know it's part of it is the women are like, well, you can't tell me what to do. And we have that going on too. The reality is there's one answer to solve all the problems. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's no man or woman to lord over any other. There's only one person to lord over us. His name is Jesus. And so part of the problem is you got some men, well, I told you what to say. Well, then get out, you're not worth following. It's not done that way. That's not respectful. That's not what God desires. It's not what it is. And we need each other. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, where and to whom have we actually given authority? That's what this passage is communicating. Where and to whom have we given authority?
men and more women to go to their families and say, you know what? I haven't been living the right way. I've been living for self, not under the proper authority. I'm sorry. We need more men and women recognizing that we're all under the authority of Jesus and the word of God. Will you live under his authority? God, I come before you, I give you thanks. I pray that we would live, God, under your authority. That we would know what it is to truly surrender to you, God. I know that today can be that day where we're like, oh, I don't know, I don't like that. I don't don't want that. But God, I know that your ways are higher. Your ways are greater. So I trust in your, your truth. Forgive us of when we try to alter your word just to make ourselves happy. May we humbly submit to you. In Christ's name, amen.